Yeah. Yo. You can let that ride out for a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of, I was, I was on kind of lightweight ass because I can use this for my my other podcast. Yeah, I even man. came up with a little flow for it too. Let me hear what you got. Not right now, because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna use it for my other shit. So okay, yeah, but right. I love this beat though. Yeah, man, I love it too, bro. That's why I'm using it for my show, brother. Yeah. All right, so um, yeah, thank you for tuning in to the first round experience podcast with your boy Jeff Jackson. And, of course, I got my host today, Mr. GQ. What's up, Q? What's going on, everybody? It's Mr. GQ, a.k.a. the Louisville Slugger. The Slugger. What's up with you, Slugger? Oh, man, cool. And just living life, you know, getting ready to for, for my trip. I'm going to Thailand on Monday. Okay. That sounds yeah. like, uh, how long have you been planning that trip, brother? It's a year. Damn, a whole year? Yeah, I was there last year, right before okay. COVID hit, and I was like, I got to come back. Right, and I wanted right. to come back, like, during summer, but COVID hit, mm-hmm. and then they finally let people come in. Who are not who I mean who are vaccinated November first right. only got to quarantine for one day. Okay. So yeah, I'm excited. So, so I'll be man. in Thailand. I leave Monday. <clears throat> I'll get there like Tuesday night daytime. Oh, it's gonna take damn near a day to get there. Yeah, twenty hours. LA oh, wow. LA to Japan. Is it like I think 13, 14 hours. Yeah. Then I have like an hour and a half layover, and then another eight hours to Bangkok. Where, where's your layover at? Tokyo. Oh wow. Yeah. How long, how long is it? About an hour. Hour and a half. Oh, so you're not gonna be able to? Are you gonna be able to get out to nah. Tokyo and? Uh, no. But it's, it's cool. It's straight because when I was coming back last time, mm-hmm. my flight got rerouted, so I had an overnight right. uh, stay in Japan. And my OG from LA, shout out to OG Edgar. Mm-hmm. His wife's Japanese, and they they lived out there for a little bit. So I right. hit I hit him up, and he was like, oh, "I got you, son." So he met up with me <clears throat> the next day, uh-huh. showed me around a little bit because I had like six seven hours before my flight. Right. So, yeah, I hit Japan another time. It's cold over right now anyway. I'm more excited about Thailand. Yeah, how's the weather over there right now? Hot. Is it? It's kind of like the rainy season get right in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's nice and hot. So I got my tank tops ready, my shorts. Dope, dope, Ready. I'm with it. How are you feeling? I'm good, bro. You know, i just been, you know, really just relaxing, man, just trying to stay out the way, trying to come up with concepts for the podcast. And, yeah. You know, just – um. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just living life, man. I'm just really chilling, bro. You know, I'm just waiting for my time, brother. You know what I'm saying? Same here. It's coming. It's coming, coming bro. Hell I'm just waiting yeah. on my time. Staying patient, but it's definitely coming, bro. So, what we got today? What we what's, what's in the news, man? That we can actually uh, chime in on. Give a big shout out to the Atlanta Braves. They won the World Series. Shout out to Atlanta Braves. Definitely, they deserve a bomb for that. Yeah. Rest in peace, Hank Aaron. He right. couldn't be here to see it, but yeah, the Braves. They got it. They beat the Astros. Okay. So yeah. Astros, huh? Yeah, you know Astros. People was just like they had that little scandal about cheating right. a few years ago. And it's funny, I played uh, dominoes, uh-huh. and this dude I've been playing for a minute. I don't, I ain't gonna say his his name has something to do with Astros and cheating and shit or whatever. Yeah, that that, that, <laughs> that, that yeah, that's his name and shit. His name is Astro cheated. It has it has something to do with Astros and cheating. And shit like that. Like, that shit has something to do with his, his screen name. Oh, his screen name. Not yeah, screen on name. Dominoes. Oh, yeah. okay, got So, got I've you. never messaged this this dude. Uh-huh. And I sent him a message the other day. I was like, yo, are the Astros going to cheat? <laughs> he hit me back. He said, he said, if you ain't, <laughs> if you ain't cheating, you ain't winning. Man, he hit me with that. I was like, ah. Hey, man. So, hey, somebody, some, some, some teams got to do what they got to do, bro. You know, I never really understood yeah. the cheating thing because I know when they got caught for cheating last year, it was. <laughs> my thing about cheating in baseball, what people got to understand, 
So I think last year or they, whenever they went to the World Series and like was, two, uh, two, year, two, three years two, ago, two, three years yeah. ago, and they was accused of cheating. From what I understand, they were just cheating by giving like the signs, the signal. They yeah, like if yeah, a person was on yeah. second base, they would give the sign, you know. But like I said, at the end of the day, I don't give a damn if you can if the pitcher know what's coming. You know, they still got to put the ball on the bat. That's right. Or the bat on the ball, rather. So it can't help you make contact. So that's what it all comes back to. People think, oh, he's taking steroids. And, <laughs> oh, man, they gave him the sign. Bro, he still got to make contact, bro. But I get it. It does give you kind of like the upper hand, you know, to know what's coming so you can kind of like sit back on the pitch and wait for it. So, yes, I understand that. But like I said, at the end of the day, fans, you guys got to know that you're not helping if this guy don't have a remote control bat and you helping him guide his swing, then you know all the other shit can really go out the door, bro. Right. Because can't nobody give you instructions or help you while you up there facing ninety five mile power fastball or a ninety mile power slider. You understand what I'm saying? Speaking of, because I never really thought about cheating in mm-hmm. baseball. Can you tell us like what all like cheating goes on? Like you mentioned, like still uh-huh. like stealing the signs right. and and all that. But one thing I heard they do something to cheat, like spiking, like trying to hit you like with the bottom of your cleat. Um, that's just uh sport poor sportsmanship. That ain't even uh-huh. got shit to do with cheating. You talking about as far as somebody sliding, sliding, and to spike yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard about happen. that. That shit happens, but I don't really think that's uh more intentional. Only time you see that where it's intentional. Is when you got a bang bang play, and it's not really still intentional. It's just that he's going in there hard, sliding, and then God forbid that he spike you. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's not necessarily cheating. Um, the things I would consider cheating, or what they consider cheating, uh, is like we say the steroid use, uh, the cork bat. Okay. Yeah. Um, pitchers sometimes scuffing the ball. What's that mean? Well, a pitcher sometimes you know may have. Well, I don't know if they do it now because, like I said. My references are from the 80s and the 90s. Right. Like I said, I don't really keep up with what's going on these days. But back in the day, if a pitcher wanted to cheat, sometimes cheat would have a, like a little piece of sandpaper in their poly pocket or their glove somewhere. They would probably have some tar pine tar hidden or some Vaseline hidden. And what they did is they used to like scuff the ball and put certain tars and Vaselines on the ball to make the ball move different. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so when you say scuff it, like rub it to like scuff it up Yeah, and shit? literally scuff it like oh, okay. with, with uh, sandpaper. So like I said, I don't know if they're doing that shit today, but they did it back in my day. Dang. Yeah, so that was ways of, you know, cheating back then. But <laughs> it's hard to cheat as a batter. Only way you can really cheat as a batter is like if you're using some type of cork bat. Right. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. Man, man, man. Yes, sir. That's wild. Baseball, baseball, baseball. You know what? I had okay. some, some more fan mail to uh, actually uh, – Shout out today. But I think we're going to probably do that the next episode. All right. I mean, we can do it next. Man, let's do it. Let's do the fan love. Well, the thing is. You don't have it right there? I don't have it right in front oh, of me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so we got to do it next episode. Unfortunately, I forgot to bring All it. All good. Yeah, man. And then shout out to the fans that we uh that we mentioned last episode. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, well, not hopefully, but ho- well, hopefully soon the post office will deliver y'all stuff to y'all. Right, absolutely. And y'all get it. Oh, so another thing, man. Um. We got a special guest coming up uh, soon, bro. Who? Man, bro, I got in contact with my partner, uh, Brian Taylor. I think we talked about him. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah the, 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 for the first, the first guy to get the million dollars. Yeah, okay. yeah, for the Yankees, uh, 1991 pick for the uh, New York Yankees. He was the first guy to get that 1.5 million. He changed the game, man, as far as signing bonuses in baseball. So, good friend of mine. I talked to him a couple days ago, and um, you know, he agreed to do the show. So I'm Let's excited, go. bro. All right, his story. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? I think I got an interesting story, but 
I think his story tops mine, bro. So I'm I'm excited about getting him on the show. Hopefully we can probably do that episode. You know what? I don't know if we're gonna probably be able to get it in before you go to Thailand, to be honest. But as soon as you get back, bro, I want to get him on the show ASAP. You know? Yeah, I'm with but it. I'm excited. Can, yeah, if we can squeeze him in before then, let's do it. But if not, you know, he's on deck. He's ready to go. So I'm I'm excited about getting him on the show. And I think uh, everybody out there listening is going to really enjoy Brian Taylor being on this show. Yeah, I am too. So I'm, all I know is what you told me. So I'm going to have to yeah. look up and read and yeah. all that. And hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, I'm sure he got, yeah, he definitely got a Wikipedia. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, all you do is do, do a little research. I'm with it. Uh-huh. On the last episode, or the last two episodes, right. we talked about your transition from team to team. Right. The last one we talked about was up, upstate New York, right? Um, no, that was uh, the last team I played was with. upstate New in, oh, in Martinsville, Virginia. No, nah, that was like during the during the um the beginning I, of my career. That's when I was with the Phillies. Yeah, you stayed with you, you staying with that family. Yeah, and then you said you went to. Uh, after that Upstate New York Yeah which was Batavia New York Right right Okay So then what was after that Okay That's now, what we were picking ah, up you. on I yeah. see you, So you're saying teams Okay Oh yeah yeah We were just talking about You know your transition right. and Where you went to next next Bouncing okay, around Okay got yeah. you Got So I, I'm getting confused Between teams and the organization My bad so, my yeah, bad Yeah so the organization I was still with the Phillies But after Batavia New York I went to Spartanburg South Carolina and I oh, played there. okay. So that was a team. Didn't you like you said you worked out with them? And yeah. Then at the end they fucked around and yeah. moved. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so you finally got to be where you wanted. Exactly. How was that? It was cool. Once I got well, you know what? I take that back, bro. That was horseshit too. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it all was horseshit at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? But nah, what happened was what pissed me. Okay, now I talked about uh, on the last episode what pissed me off about Batavia and why I had a bad season. It's because, like I said, I mentioned that I was playing with the Spartanburg, South Carolina team right. the whole spring. And then towards the end of uh, camp, when it was time to go, break camp, they sent me to Batavia, New York, you know, somewhere. First of all, I didn't want to go. Uh, and second of all, because I I didn't play with them for the whole spring training. I played with the Spartanburg team, right? Uh-huh. So, of course, I went down there with attitude. So now, now it's the year that I'm actually in Spartanburg, right? And I'm happy about being there originally or initially. And what happens is right before the season started, actually the day we got in town, like when you first get to town, you go to the ballpark and you unpack your stuff and, you know, you get your locker all and, together. And you show, you was you started showing up on time. Like you was on oh, the yeah, field. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Always, okay. yeah. After that first incident, <laughs> after my first day where I showed up late because I didn't understand the rules, I never was late again. That's what's and up. the crazy thing is that I carry that on into my personal life where even to this day, I'm always early, bro. Right. That taught me a lesson that, st- that stuck with me for the rest of my life. But to go back to that story about the Spartan Bird thing and why that was a, a, a bad season. As well is because um, when we got there, like I said, we got there, we unpacked our locker. We was pretty much just having a day off, just getting familiar with the clubhouse and um, the field and stuff like that. So at this particular time, we had you had me, myself, which is a first round pick, and then we had another first round pick okay. on the uh, team, which was the 1990 guy named Mike Liebertal. He was a catcher. So what happens is uh, before the season, before we even play one game, Manager brings me and him in the office to have a meeting. It's just me, Mike, and uh, the manager. Uh, almost called him his nickname. Uh, <laughs> Mel Roberts. Mel okay. Roberts. And um, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. It's just a joke. May he rest in peace anyway. Me and, the, me and the homies, we used to call him Smell. 
Smell. Yeah, we used to call him Smell, <laughs> but his name was Smell. He was a yeah. great guy, though. That was just, you know, you know how brothers, we make right, up a right. name for everything, so we used to call him Smell. That ain't even disrespectful and yeah, shit. It's, it's it, a play off his real name. Yeah, but yeah. you know, people think Smell right, is something stinking stinking and shit. Yeah. And shit. But nah, it wasn't that. We used to just call him Smell, so that's why I was reluctant to say that, but right. may he rest in peace. But anyway, you know, me, uh, Mel, and Mike had a meeting, and um, he clearly explained to us that, uh, you know, regardless of what we did this year, we was not going to move up. We was going to stay in Spartanburg the whole season just to develop and get, you know, just to develop our game. Don't don't even anticipate. Because the thing is, you know, as a minor league player, you're always looking to move to the next level. So when he says move up, he's talking about like another, like a higher level yeah. in the in the minor league or yeah. actually getting activated to the major? No, another higher level in the major league. I okay. mean, in minor league. Why, so, why did he say yeah at the beginning? Because that's what I'm saying. He just wanted us – because that's – so every – ball player goes into a season looking to advance during that season. They're not right. trying to be there the whole year because the quicker you advance through, advance through the uh, system, the quicker you are, the closer you are to getting to the big leagues. So he pretty much just told us, like, hey, regardless of what you guys do, you're going to be here the whole year. I don't give a fuck if you hit 340 home runs. You're going to sit in Spartanburg the whole year. And me and Mike Lieberthal looked at each other, and we was like, okay, that's fine, cool, right? So when the season started, you know, both of us started off hot. You know, um, obviously, well, I don't want to say obviously, but, you know, he's doing a little better than me. He's hitting probably maybe 315. I think I'm hitting maybe 290, you know, knocking on 300 door. And we was playing like this the whole first half of the season. Now, what happened was a player got injured in Clearwater, Florida, which is the next step up. Okay. And they end up taking – well, not only was he a player, he was an outfielder. And so they got injured in Clearwater. So usually when somebody get – injured or released, they're usually replaced by another player, either from the lower ranks or they bring somebody, they may even trade for somebody or whatever, you know. So what happened was they ended up sending an outfielder to Clearwater that even they didn't even play. He wasn't even starting. He was on the bench. So, and I, I'm hitting 290 at this time. So immediately I goes in the office with an attitude and I say, hey, Mel, what's going on? I'm hitting 290. Why did you guys send up so-and-so so to, to, uh, to Clearwater instead of sending me up? He said, well, Jeff, I told you and Mike at the beginning of the year that you guys going to sit here the whole year, regardless on how well you guys plan. So I said, okay, yeah, you're right. I get it. Lo and behold, bro, a week later, I come in the fucking locker room, and I see Mike packing his bags, right? Uh-huh. I'm thinking like, damn, what are you, what are you packing his bag for? So I walk over to him. I say, yo, what's going on? What you packing for? Oh, I just got the call. I'm going to Clearwater. I said, what? You going to Clearwater? What you mean you going to Clearwater? Yeah, man, Mel just, I'm going to Clearwater. So, obviously, I'm pissed because I'm like, yo, you told me we wasn't moving. We sitting here, but yet, might get to go to Clearwater. So, from that point, bro, I didn't give a fuck no more. I just went out there and, and, and I don't want to say I struck out on purpose, but I didn't even try at this point because I feel like, what's the point? You lying to me. I'm playing my ass off. I'm not moving. You know, what's going on? So, yeah, man, that's why that. Season was horseshit to me. Damn. Yeah, it's crazy, and that's the shit we go through as ball players, bro. They lie to you right in your face. I understand. And don't be a brother. <laughs> you know? Don't be a brother. And the crazy part, this was a brother as a manager who told me this. Oh. Neil Robert, he was a black guy, so I'm thinking, you know, show me some love. Yeah, you know, yeah. A little extra love or something, but nah, bro. They don't. You know, it is what it is. He's trying to keep his job. What was the the major? Like town next to Spartan, you said Spartanburg or Spartanville? Yeah, Spartan Spartanburg, um, South Carolina. Um, what is Greenville? Maybe. Okay, I think right. Greenville. Cause I spent a lot of time. I had a little, you know, situation on the Greenville. Okay, I feel so. that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that. Yeah, yeah, I had a little something, something out there. 
Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, man. That's weak. They did you like that. Man, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, for me to be the first rounder, but he was a first rounder as well. They didn't yeah. have no problem moving him up. And been like a like random outfielder, too. They said, the, but, you know, I wasn't the same. I wasn't the right complexion. You understand right. what I'm saying? They sending guys up that's a different complexion for me. So the guy that even played, he did, like I said, he didn't even play. This motherfucker was the fourth. I don't want to say fourth string, but he wasn't a starter. Right. But, you know, he was an older guy that set the bench. He played the game. You know, he showed up early. He laughed at the jokes. So he got the fuck up out of there. I didn't do that. You know, I, I thought it was strictly about baseball. So I didn't care about the jokes. I didn't care about hanging with y'all after the field. I just, you know, see y'all at the ballpark the next day. Right. But now that I know better, you know, that was the politics that I needed to play back then. You know, you got to hang out. You got to be likable. You got you to gotta laugh at the jokes. And, man, <clears throat> it's funny you said that because I'm going through, like, that, too. Like, mm-hmm. when I'm out in public and shit, I tend to be, like, to myself. Right. You know, I don't be talking to people. I'm real, like, introverted and shit. Like, when I'm out, I just don't be bothered. And I've gotten the reputation of being, like, an asshole right. or standoffish because I just don't engage <clears throat> with people first. Nothing right. against you. It's just how I am. I just chill. And then folks is like, oh, man, got to know you. You cool, you funny and shit. Right. But, you know, I thought you was just like mean or didn't talk. And I was like, yeah, I just don't even want to bother folk or whatever. So I just keep to myself. Right. And I'm like trying to do this shit with the podcast and like get to the next level. I'm like, all right, I need to start talking to more people mm-hmm. and be like more personable and like more uh, extroverted and all right. that. So I've been working on that more and just like saying what's up to people. But mm-hmm. in Kentucky... I would just speak to random people, like a neighborhood that I lived in, like the white folks just walk and just wave to everybody. Right. And then people, you know what I'm saying, back home, you see somebody, hey, what's up, how you going? And just in passing. And when I moved to L.A., I was doing that. Mm-hmm. And folks was looking at me like I was crazy. It was crazy. So right. I just quit doing the shit. Right. And I walk with my head down. I don't be looking at people. So mm-hmm. all the shit that I grew up on, I just got away with because it was so different out here. So I'm like, yeah. all right, I just need to like smile more when I'm out in public. Right. And like speak to people. And it's, yeah, just be, you know, have be more engaging, here, folks. Here, not to cut you off. Here's what I've grown to learn over the years: you can't let people change who you are. Right now, if you're a naturally happy person and like to speak to people, you know, because that's your nature and that's where you're from, and you know, that's what people do down there. And then you come out here and it's totally different. You still got to do that, bro. Right. Because what happens now, if you keep those same set of values. Out in um, that you grew up with in Kentucky, and you bring them out here in L.A., and you got all these people out here that's stiff and don't want to speak. That immediately makes you stand out because you're a little different. They, yeah. They're gonna be like, "What the fuck is this guy? <laughs> you know, why is he always so happy and stuff?" So yeah. what happens is they may start to even loosen up. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and start to reciprocate. You know the the same energy because the thing about being in L.A., bro, you don't know who's who. You know, right. you can be walking down the street and you think this motherfucker is a bum because he got on one shoe and carrying a bag. And this motherfucker is probably a, 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 a heir to some type of uh, Fortune 500 company or something. Oh, like your boy we saw at the taco spot. Like, I thought, was, I didn't think he was nobody. He was like, oh, yeah, he's a big time casting director or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the black yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. See? I was like, oh, shit, I'm not putting yeah. about nothing. He was just at the taco spot, which is cooling. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> See, people walk around in LA different. They, you know, a lot of, you got some people to stunt, but a lot of the ones with the real money and the real power and influence, they don't walk around like that. You would never know they seem just as normal. So if you start to engage with these people, man, and um, 
well, I ain't going to say engage with them in particular, but just be yourself, man. And then you never know you who you may meet that may just, you know, take to your personality and put you in a situation. Right. You know? And something else, like, in life, but in L.A., also is big. We talk about people, like, with money. Mm-hmm. They think if, like, if you don't have jewelry on or right. all of this shit, that you don't have money. Right. And it's like, if you dress them regularly, you broke. And I just saw a meme yesterday of Pablo Escobar was like, he made $60, 60 million a day or a, a month, and there's not one picture of him holding money right. and shit. And then, like, <clears throat> look at, like, Mark Zuckerberg and all these other folks. Do right. be dressing just regular and shit. Like, they got some shit yeah. at Target, and they yeah. worth billions of dollars. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, the people who you think have money be the brokest motherfuckers out there. That's a, that's the illusion, bro. Yeah. It's all an illusion. And when you just, <clears throat> when you just dress them regular, they assume you ain't got shit. But it's like, hey, I... Spend my money on other shit. You know, teach his own at the end of the day. You know, I'm the type of person who choose to, uh, you know, be low-key with it. Hell yeah. You know, because here's the thing. But you, here's what people don't understand. <clears throat> it's how you know people ain't never really had shit have been really, you know, had money or, or they really never had fame. Because once you have those two things, you know to be quiet. Right. You know, because you don't want to be a target. Mm-hmm. So when you got money and you got a certain amount of fame, you want to just stay out the way because you don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize that. Yeah, so yeah. when you see a motherfucker holding money and got the jewelry on and shit, that's his first go around. Or it probably ain't <laughs> even his shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? He just fronting with it. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. I see a lot of that. So let me ask you this, man. Yes, um, I was talking to a homeboy today. And like I said, I don't really watch, uh, you know, I don't really keep up with what's going on in sports or, you know, or the latest, if anything, for that matter. But he was telling me today that uh, Aaron Rodgers got <laughs> oh, yeah. caught, um, like, lying about the, the COVID vax or some shit? What? Okay, I didn't know he got caught lying. I got okay. a I got a, a notification on ESPN right. that he tested positive, and that's all I seen. So I've been busy. Okay. I didn't know he – so, so to tell me what all you heard. Well, see, that's what I, I'm saying. I'll try to look it up, too. Okay, this is all speculation because, you okay. know, don't take my word for it because I'm going from here to say I heard that – he told the NFL that he was vaccinated, and then just like you said, he got um, he tested positive, right? Uh huh. And so the point is, I don't even care about that part. But what I'm concerned about is the uh, attention that is receiving. I is 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 literally barely to none. Yeah. Had he been a black athlete, I think this shit would have been bigger than what it is because the way they all over Kyrie, at least Kyrie being open and honest about it, I don't want the vaccine. I'm not taking the vaccine. Right. Just respect his decision. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers go ahead and he lies about it. And <laughs> you don't hear nothing about it like that. You don't hear, where's Stephen A? Where the fuck is Stephen A right, right now, bro? And what's the other guy? The Brash- I don't know his name, Brashad. There's, there's another brother out there to be, you know, talking shit about black athletes as well. I, I forget his name. Oh, so I don't talking wanna... about the fat black dude? Yeah, the fat black dude. Jason Whitley? That's his name. Yeah. <laughs> That's the fat bastard. <laughs> That's the fat bastard. Is Jason Whitley or Jason Whitlock? One of them two. Whitlock. Yeah, That's, yeah, I yeah. That. I don't watch it, but I think it's Whitlock. Yeah. But, I yo, him about. and Steve and they be on everybody ass. Where the fuck are they at right now? Oh, no. See, that's what this podcast is about, bro. You know, we're not going to put the brothers on blast like that. We're going to, you know, probably brush over it and probably bring it up, but we're not going to speak on it negatively. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So, uh, what you got? NB- NBC Chicago. Okay. You no, know, so... They said, but wait, didn't Rogers say he was vaccinated? Mm. Not exactly. Back in August, Rogers told reporters that he was uh, immunized. To, uh, and he went to say that him and some of the other players right. were too. So, <laughs> yeah. 
That, so <laughs> I don't get what's immunized. What the fuck right. is that? And then <laughs> it said the the Packers Halloween party is under a microscope after Rogers right. test positive. <laughs> he bought the motherfucker blow up the whole spot, <laughs> and ain't nobody saying shit. You know. What I'm saying? <laughs> He about to blow up the spot, yeah. man. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers, man. <laughs> yeah, blow shout out to him, too. <laughs> Drop a bomb. Drop a bomb. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit, man. He, he comes to Louisville a lot for the Derby. Oh, okay. Yeah, like frequently. That's a big thing down there, bro, that Derby shit. I miss it. Like, I never went to the horse race, mm-hmm. but I was, like, getting invited to, to the like, parties. the parties. Yeah. And, like, it's funny because, like, a lot of celebrities, I would see them there. Right. And then I'd come back to L.A. and be like, oh, man, we partied, you know, at the... Kentucky Derby. Right. Like, I've seen people, like, in the doctor's office, at the gym, random shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, Louisville. So, I love it, man. Is that, is that how you met Cyrus? Yeah. You met Cyrus at the Derby, right? Yeah. So, we have a place called Fourth Street Live. It's similar to, like, City Walk. Right. And I was out there, and I'm like, what the fuck is Cyrus doing? <laughs> he was, like, by himself. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, yo, what's up, bro? Yeah, I was like, Shout man. out to Cyrus from MTV, yeah. man. Shout out. That's our boy right there. Yeah. Great guy. And I was like, hey, what's up, bro? I was like, it's my hometown, man. So mm-hmm. you out here for the Derby and shit? He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, where you live at? He's like, L.A. I'm like, me too. He's like, I just opened up a store. Come fuck with me. Right. I was like, cool. So yeah. a couple of days later, I went up to the store yeah. and then kicked it. And yeah, we've been cool ever since. It's crazy how how cool he was, right? Because yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, man, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm the type of person I'm going to give it up. I was literally a fan of his. Yeah. You know, Because I, 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 here's the thing with the real world, you know, it's a great show, but I'm always there for the black for the black yeah. person. You know what I'm saying? I want to see how they're going to handle themselves in the house, whether it's the black right. girl or black guy. So I'm always usually, you know, I'm a fan of the show, but in particularly the black characters they have on there. And so this, this, the season Cyrus is on there, man. He was doing work. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to blast him yeah. out, you know, because if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. Everybody knows and shit. But yeah. yeah. But it's funny, like a month ago, I started just like doing a recap and watching that old season because uh, uh-huh. you can't. I can't find it on the Fire Stick, but I found it on the website on the laptop. Right, and it just started on the little shit where you know he was hanging out with the girls and shit, right. and the the one little black chick was hating on him and all that. So. Right, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Black, the sister hated on him. Yeah, people, bro. <laughs> so I got to watch more into it. Yeah, and all that, but yeah, shout out to him. Yes, sir. Great guy, man. Great guy. That's my partner. But like I was saying, I was a fan of his of his and. When I met him, man, I had no idea this motherfucker was gonna be that cool. He embraced me immediately, like I was, like he knew me forever. How'd you meet him? Uh, through a guy named Derek. You know, my homeboy okay. Derek. Derek. You know, I don't know if you know. You should probably know Derek. Green eyes. You got green eyes. I'm, I gotta see his face. Well, yeah, you. But he, him, and Cyrus, best friends. They grew up together, and Derek was one of the first people that I actually met when I moved to LA because he was a party promoter. Okay. And he used to get me into everything and stuff. So I mean, him became real cool, and um. By him being best friends with Cyrus, them growing up together, um, he he eventually introduced me to him, and you know, and like I said, once I met Cy, man, we became, you know, boys from the rip. That's something yeah. I, I miss, man. Is like the parties yeah, in man. L.A. Yeah. And actually, <clears throat> I was going, I was going to go to Poom Poom Tuesday. They still doing that? Yeah. Damn. Because remember, I told you about it. He was like, I ain't messing with that. Too many people. <laughs> he, he was like, No, 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 right, no. Right, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> It's so the little COVID-y out there. Yeah, so <laughs> me and the little Yadig was going to go. Uh-huh. And then she hit me saying, like, she had a flat tire or something. Damn. And kind of insinuated, like, you can come pick me up. And I was like, man, I ain't trying to drive all the way over there because mm-hmm. the spot is right around the corner. So, I yeah, I bought the tickets. It wasn't nothing but, like, $20-something dollars. I so just, it's, Poom Poom is in, in Hollywood now? Yeah, yeah. Because they kind of Sa- Santa Monica? What was it? Uh, it Kawanga. Yeah, I, sh- I forgot. Okay. It, it's somewhere right off Hollywood Boulevard, I believe. I, I, I want to say that's Kawanga. 
from what I remember, they moved it around a few times back in the day. Yeah. You know, because they used to do it out in, uh, uh, what the fuck is Cyrus that? said they was doing it back in the Century Club days and shit. Back in the Century yeah, Club yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was like, my boy does that. Yeah, uh, Q Ball. Q Ball, yeah, 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 yeah. Q, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was like, I was like, oh damn! He was like, yeah, he's been doing that shit for like thirty years. Yeah, man, I know. I've been, I'm since I've been out here, it's been going. I'm trying to think of what's the, the east side of Hollywood. What is the Eagle? Not Eagle Rock. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't give me any fucking lying. Yeah, but, but I miss like yeah. just clubbing and shit. Right. And I was just trying to do it before like life and shit gets busy. Yeah. And yeah, that's something I miss. Like before COVID, I wasn't like partying like that i was like a homebody mm -hmm. so the quarantine was cool with me because i was always chilling yeah but i was like man i want to just go out and be more sociable and be more active right so i've been trying to hit little spots but i'm like i miss them hollywood days like me and yeah. cyrus we just go hit up the little like playhouse and yeah, yeah. The other little spots up there and, and he had all the plugs bro no waiting in line yeah right shit. to the right to the right front to the front i used to yeah i missed him yeah days, i do too and he don't yeah. even like he he quit, <laughs> he quit fucking with hollywood and like 2014 type shit yeah. and he was like I'm just going I'm Santa Monica only yeah yeah I remember yeah. that yeah, so we were just Santa hanging Monica out Santa Monica too. right right I remember that and then yeah cause we, we talked the other day he was like yeah you know it's been three years since uh, I've had a drink it's it, been three already yeah he said he, three years ago on New Year's he was like I'm gonna I'm a quit drinking yeah. and it just carried over and over Damn, I yeah. didn't know it was been time flying by man it's been three years huh yeah nah I remember man cause whoa man we we used to we used to go man, bro. Yeah, I'm not gonna even incriminate myself. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we had fun, man, back in those days. More, more and more episodes we gonna do. We gonna unwrap how you fell out of love mm -hmm. of baseball. So can we like start tapping into that? Yeah, man, I'm an open book, literally, bro. <laughs> All right, cool. So yeah. when did you first like start to like lose that love of baseball? Because like, you know what right. I'm saying? Like you said, you was like, I don't watch it, pay no attention. You was like, oh, mm -hmm. I didn't even know who was in the World Series and when right. it was over with. Well, obviously, you know, when I was done, that's when I was done, like as far as like really watching it and participating in it. But you asked me when I fell out of love with it. Yeah, and like like, uh, like when you started, like when the first, the whole process. Oh, I get it. I, okay. get, I get what you're saying. Um, my answer to that is shit, day one. Of of, of rookie, I, yeah. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, when I first got there, I was like, "This ain't what I thought it was." So All I right. was like, "Uh, I'm done. I'm cool." You know, I was ready to fucking walk then. You know, because like I said, I come from a situation where, you know, your your teammates was like family members. You know, I knew they mothers, I knew they brothers, fathers, sisters, and and likewise, we knew each other. Some of us grew up to, with each other. We have been playing with each other since 10, 11 years old. So I'm used to being in a family environment of playing baseball. But when you get to pro ball, bro, ain't nobody your fucking friend down there. They can care less. So once I got to that type of environment, I was like, oh, this is some bullshit. I don't like this. This is too fucking cutthroat, you know? So I immediately fell out of love with it, but, you know, I still had to go through the motions. And that's pretty much what I did. You know, I, would, I wouldn't even say I played. I went through the motions, bro. You know, just because I wasn't a quitter. My mom didn't raise no quitters, so I wasn't just finna just flat out quit. So um, I figured it was going to get better, you know, but it didn't. But here's the thing. You know, I don't really have any regrets, but if I can do it over again with what I know now, it was just as simple as me changing my mindset, bro. And I talk about this on the last podcast, and that's kind of like my outro. That's something I'm trying to, like, push to people. You change your mindset, you change your life. Right. So – you know, by me being so young and immature and really not having the tools to cope with it, you know, I just fell out of love with it, you know. But had I would have had certain skills and tools to deal with it, who knows, man. Shit, I'd probably be involved in the game today. But 
just during that time, man, I didn't know how to really cope and deal with, you know, all the pressure <clears throat> and expectations I was under. So immediately I just fell out of love with it and just wanted to fucking just go hide. But I couldn't. So you mentioned like skills and, and tools. I was going to ask, mm -hmm. you said like you didn't have, you never played with a white teammate and you didn't have much interaction right. with white people. <clears throat> so growing up, if you had more interaction with, with people who's white or right. other people of nationalities, do you think the transition would have been easier? Absolutely. Because, you know, it's like, oh man, you know, I've been around white, white dudes right. and shit. Cool versus like, oh, I just been around brothers my whole life. I right. don't know, you know, how, how they are. And like how little buddy came up to spit on you, mm -hmm. you know, like, it's a baseball like right. gag, but that's more shit white boys and do. Right. So like you would have been like used to that type of shit. Right, right, right. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head, bro. By me being from the environment I was from, you know, being from the hood and my whole experience up until that, up until that point was just African American. Yeah. And then, you know, you got to understand, I went, not only did I go down here, you know, and, and put my, well, I want to say I put myself in a position, but not only did I go down here and play on the team with, you know, with white guys for the first time and just being in an all-white environment as far as being in a small town like that, it was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, I already talked about it was a culture shock, but the thing is, had I played with, if I was familiar with that back in Chicago, it definitely would have made my transition easier because, like I said, I'm going down there, you know, everything is new. Uh, I'm going down there. I'm the man. Everybody knows me. You know, but I don't know everybody. And then, like I say, every everybody's not necessarily happy right. that I'm in the position I'm in. So, yeah, man, it was just a lot of stuff I was dealing with all at once. It was just like a lot of things were thrown, thrown at me at one time, you know, at, at such a young age where, you know, I didn't have the tools to really handle it. I thought I did at the time. I really thought I was handling that shit well. But when I look back at it, man, you know. At being 17, and you were saying like, being homesick and you mm -hmm. have a, a close relationship with your mom. Right. I, mean, I know y'all talked a lot. Did you hit her up and be like, mom, I'm done. I want to come home. I want to, I'm quitting. Yeah. Every night. And what was she saying to you? <laughs> Suck it up. You stay <laughs> your ass down there. Boy, they done paid you all this money. You know, I'll be down there soon. You yeah. know, that type of shit, you know, but yeah, mom's one going for it. My mom's, you know, I don't want to say she's cold hearted, or, you know, tough like that, but you know, she did. She just didn't raise no quitter. You know, she yeah. would always like, but she know at the same time she would like build my spirits back up. You know, she wasn't like cold with it. With like, you just get your ass out there and play. Stop complaining. Nah, she wasn't like that. She would encourage me okay. to stay down there. It's okay, babe, and this, that, and the third. So that's what kept me going. You know, from day to day, because I literally was calling the crib every night, crying on the phone. I feel like, like, man, this shit is crazy. I can't take it. You know, everybody's all over me. I feel uncomfortable. Everybody's staring at me. Everybody wants. You know, it was just, it was too much, man. So, if you wanted to quit, what would the league have said? Um, I don't know, but they couldn't. It wasn't nothing they can really do to stop me because I fulfilled my obligation. You know, I was just paid to sign on the contract. I didn't sign up for a certain amount of years or nothing like that. Oh, okay, so I could have fucking <clears throat> probably quit a week after. You know, took the bag and left. Yeah, I could have took the bag and got the fuck up out <laughs> of there. Ran off I, on the plug yeah. twice. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Damn, that's crazy. Uh, so, you had a lot of bad times, but like, tell us about some good times that you had in baseball. Like, you, yeah. was, you were saying how like they wrote about you talking shit, but like, uh, what's some articles you remember where they was like, oh, damn, it's about time you gave me my damn credit? Right. Okay. Well, I still remember the. I don't remember the headline. I wish I knew of it. I wish I knew the headline, but <coughs> excuse me. My senior year, um, 
that's you know, like I said, I was in the newspaper since I was 11 years old, but it was always a part of team success. Wouldn't get too much individual press, you know. I would, but you know, like I said, if I had a good game, I'd get my little shine, you know, Jackson two for four, home run, a couple RBIs, you know, that type of shit. But I wasn't getting like articles, you know what I'm saying? So my senior year, I don't know where this came from, bro, because I didn't feel like I was doing nothing special. I was just out there balling. I come to school one day, bro, and you know, I get the newspaper, everybody coming to me talking about, man, you see the paper, you see the paper. I'm like, nah, what the fuck everybody talking about? <laughs> I go get the paper and it's like a full article about me talking about how I'm the star of the team and okay. you know this, that, and the third, the scouts. I'm thinking like, whoa, where the fuck did this come from? But that was the beginning of it. And so once I got that piece of press, that really put me on the map and it just started to snowball from there. But um, I want to say this. You know, I'm here and I'm to share my experience, right? And of course... You know, some things were negative, some things was positive about my experience. But I don't want to make it seem like, and I'm glad you said that, you know, what's the positive thing? Because it was it was a lot of positive out of it. It, was just, it wasn't just all negative. That's why I played for 10 years. But the thing is, I would say the negative outweighed the positive because it was a mental thing with me. Even though um, I've had, I, I, I had some success in baseball. It wasn't all shitty. You know, I think one of my best years is when, I actually left the Philadelphia Phillies and I was playing in this little independent league, right? And people think that I probably played or played well or had a good year because it was independent. But no, it wasn't. That wasn't the reason. The reason why I played well because I was able to uh, live at home. You know, the team I played for was only like 45 minutes away from my house. It was in this uh, suburb called Joliet. And what happened is um, they had housing for us out there in Joliet. I had a whole apartment out in Joliet. But I chose to drive 45 minutes back home every day to, you know, come home to my mom and home cooking, still be in the neighborhood with my homies and shit like that. So by right. me having that type of environment, I was able to go out. It was like me being in high school again. So I went out there and fucking ball, right? And, um, you know, once I got back in organizational ball, like with the Pirates and then in the Cubs, um, you know, I would always start off with success, you know. But then it would always take one little thing that would piss me off. And I'll go back into my little funk and my little rut and not giving a fuck because I was the type of person that played with my heart on my sleeve. So if I was pissed off, you know I was pissed off. Right. And if I couldn't like do nothing to you physically or get even that way, I would take it out. Or what I would think I was taking out on the team, but it's really, you know, I'm the one who's looking crazy. When I say taking out on the team, I would go out there and not produce on purpose. So if I come up to three, you know, I get four bats, I wouldn't give a damn if I got one hit because. You know, I'm calling myself, I'm rebelling. I want us to lose. Yeah. I'm pissed off, which was stupid because it in the papers it just said Jeff Jackson 0 for 4, and, you know, they don't know why I was 0 for 4. They just saw the stats and the numbers. So that's something I wish I can kind of, like, take back because a lot of my numbers are really based on me not giving a fuck, me not really giving an effort because that was my way of fucking fighting back. And, like, it was the stupidest thing that I ever did when I look back at it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned before, <clears throat> you're from Chicago. Correct. Right? Southside? All day long. Okay. So I hear about a lot in neighborhoods where, like, the basketball star mm-hmm. and the football star, the the, mother, the motherfuckers in the neighborhood say, you don't fuck with him. Right. You know, like, he's doing something positive. He's not in the street. Mm-hmm. You leave him the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned you was playing baseball. And you were still living at home, you'd be in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> was that like that with you 
like growing up and then when you was playing professional? Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody knew who I was. I mean, I had a past, but and not only that, I had a brother and an uncle that was in the streets. Okay. So even before the baseball <laughs> shit, <laughs> even if I didn't play ball, niggas weren't fucking with me because I had a crazy ass uncle who yeah. was GD. And okay. My brother was a stone. So what's a stone? That's a um like a vice lord. It's like the opposite of the GDs. Oh, okay, I, you know, okay. I'm not a gang guy. So right. Right. I can't. Break it down like that, but it was two different gangs in Chicago. Okay. And my uncle was in one of them, my brother was in the other. So, with that said, they had the shit sold up on both sides. So, yeah. nobody was fucking with me. You know what I'm saying? Because I was either Lil Earl or Lil Keith, Lil Brother. You know what I'm saying? And they was wild back in the day. So, Hell yeah. yeah, I got I got, I got, got a pass, you know, for sure. That's something, too. Like, that's, like, dope. Like, because, like, like we see the potential. A right. lot of us ain't going to make it out. And right. you have the opportunity to make it out. Like, mm-hmm. get out. But mm-hmm. then you got the haters. <clears throat> it's like, oh, we see what you're doing. Like, nah, nah, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna get a a, a step above me. Like, nah, right. nah, we gonna drag you. You gonna stay down here with us? Yeah. But that's something I like, man. Like, where the streets, you know, it's streets are fucked up, but they will look after you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Depending on what's going on. Yeah, shit. That, that's true. Now, that's <clears throat> a good answer. I'm glad you said that, man. As, as crazy it is out here, you know, with the gang banging and the street guys. I will say, if it's a little homie in the hood that's got some potential to do something other than stand on the corner, you know, they will, like, support that guy and, you know, try to make sure he stays out of trouble, out of harm's way. Hell that yeah. ain't necessary. At least it was back when I was growing up, you know. And something that I don't like with athletes and I guess people in general, it's like when y'all lose a job mm-hmm. or, like, strike out or whatever, everybody knows <laughs> You know, like exactly. it's one of the world. It's like, oh exactly. yeah, so and so got cut from the team, or he got he's the coach. You know what I'm saying? Got fired. It's like right. you know, privacy. I'm like, yo, where where's the HR fucking uh, laws and rules when it comes to y'all and shit? You so, know, yeah, and that's where you got a lot of athletes that fucking I want to say lose their mind, but they do go on these depressions, bro. I ain't yeah. the only one. Like right. I said, wait till you hear Brian's story, bro. He gonna. Because, man, him actually chopped it up for about an hour. I had to tell him, like, yo, <laughs> let's save, save some of this shit, bro. I don't want to hear no more, bro. I'll right. just, let's just save it. But, yeah, man, that's why we go through what we go through, man, as far as depression, anxiety. Uh, some of us turn to drugs and alcohol. Right. Because, yeah, man, it's hard to motherfucking go to work every day and then your motherfucking, um, and you got a report card on you. Man. You got people judging you. Right. You know, and I, I, I just know for me, bro, when I look back at it, it was it was hard, bro, because you gotta understand when you, you know, young and you got these sports writers writing about you and shit. You know, at least when I was seventeen, they start writing this negative stuff. My mind is still develop. I'm still developing, right? As a as a as a as a young man, I'm still trying to fucking figure out who I am. And if you got reporters and media sources writing certain things about you, like I said, you start to believe that you kind of right. get confused. Like, damn, okay, I think I'm this person, and they saying I'm this person. Which one am I? Uh-huh. So sometimes you can grow up, at least I did, I grew up split. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was like, because I lived my life as just Jeff, well, Jeffrey Jackson. I lived my life as Jeffrey Jackson. and Also, when you were playing baseball, you was Jeffrey. No. Are you Jeff? I was, here's the crazy okay. part. I was Jeffrey Jackson all my life. Right? Oh, okay. Anytime <clears> I was <throat> in school, I was Little League, when they announced my name, Jeffrey Jackson, right? It wasn't until I got the pro ball where they shortened my name to Jeff Jackson. They started putting Jeff Jackson on my baseball cards. They start putting it in the media. Damn. So I always like um, distinguish the two. So Jeffrey Jackson is who I am for real on a regular basis who I walk around as. But Jeff Jackson 
is the baseball star. Right, right. And that's the oh, shit that had me that. confused. Yeah. So you didn't have no say like, hey, bro, my name Jeffrey. Don't be short my shit. Man, it was before I even realized that it was done. Because, you know, <laughs> they still call me Jeff in the hood. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, but it wasn't, uh, it was never legal or on paperwork. You know, anytime right, right. I filled out paperwork of my name on something, I was always Jeffrey. Right, right. And I, like I said, my mom called me Jeffrey. Uh, you know, my, you know, people in the hood called me Jeff, so I didn't really, you know, make a big deal out of it. But once I sat back and said, "Damn, they just didn't took, <laughs> they just didn't shorten my name on everything," you know, yeah. shit was crazy, bro. That's messed up, man. Yeah, man. They stripping you. They stripped me, bro. So in all sports, there's the groupies, the ones out there trying to <laughs> secure the bag, right? Whether you uh, whether they try to scout your ass on draft draft night. Whether you're minor league, fucking CBA, whatever, they looking at you because you're a prospect. Shit, even chicks are are even looking for dudes that's playing ball in fucking Croatia. Yeah, over it's like whatever, you know. He's, he gets a hundred thousand a month. I mean, a year, it's fine, right. and all that. What was that like with baseball? You know, like the 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 like the groupies, and then mm-hmm. also like was the ones after y'all for like to gain you know interest. I'm sure they were there to gain interest, and um, the groupies were definitely available in that round, but you got to understand, we're playing baseball, right? I was going to ask, what's a baseball groupie like? Because you know That's what a rapper right. and, a, and a football and basketball groupie's like, but right. what's the baseball ones? Because you, you don't hear about them for real, right? well, yeah, at all. Yeah. That's because they're, um, they're considered... <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, America's sweethearts, if that if that makes if I'm saying that okay politically correct, you know, right. it's not the sisters. White that, chicks, it's white chicks. Yeah, it's not the sisters yeah. that the group uh, are the group. The baseball groupies, at least that's you know, I guess they right. they the basketball and football, but for baseball, you know, it's usually the white girls, right? Yeah. So for brothers, you know, we got to move different than the average you know white guy playing. So I'm sure you know. For them, the groupie love is is great because it's there because I know how it good how good it is for us and we still got to keep it on the low and shit. We got to hide it, but it's still it's still left for us. So I can imagine the white guys, man, they was having a fucking field day because, yeah, yeah. like I say, the girls, man, they they made it easy for us, bro. You know, they would um, you know, already be in the hotels waiting on you. You know, so it wasn't like we had to go far, you know, to find them. What was like chicks' reactions? Well, uh, yeah. So, what was chicks' reactions? Black chicks and white chicks when you meet them and shit, and they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" Like, I play mm-hmm. baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, see, and if you know me, you would know what I'm about to say. I I never really told girls. Oh yeah, I know? remember one day you said like you tried to say you was the manager or yeah, some shit. Yeah, I used to like, lie. Oh yeah, I used to lie. <laughs> you know, if they if they thought I was if they thought I was affiliated with the team, I would uh-huh. try to play like I was like in the office or something. I wouldn't let them know I was who I was. You yeah. know, I didn't let them know I was that guy. I would always try to play it off. So, um, you know, when they eventually found out, like I said, it just it, it just made it better. It just turned up because I didn't I didn't go into the initial meeting with that, you know, with that information out there. I didn't go into a situation saying, hey, what's up? Fuck with me. I'm Jeff Jackson. You know, right. I, I was always trying to keep it on low as much as possible because I feel like, you know, I can get girls without, you know, using my uh, status or my career. You know, as far as the, to gain some type of an advantage, you know, I was taught how to talk to young women way before, you know, um, Jeff, you know, before Jeff Jackson even existed when I was just Jeffrey Jackson. I was a, I don't want to say I was a ladies man, but, you know, I did okay with the ladies, you know, other than baseball. So when I had the status, man, it made it just, 
so much easier. You know, it was like, put it this way, when you, I guess, famous or have some type of stature of money as a male, and I say this in the most masculine way, you start to feel like the female, meaning that, you know, you got girls, you know, I'm sure like a female, they got a, a nice looking female that's attractive. They got guys coming at them on a regular basis, like literally every day. Right. So when you're a professional athlete, you got some type of status, it's kind of like that. You know, you got girls coming out the woodworks. I mean, even to this day, I still get them, you know, in my inbox now. You know, I think once I put the book out, they just figured automatically I'm rich again and I got money and, you know, this and that and third. And they, you know, they start hitting the inbox again. But <laughs> the thing about it, you know, now is that you can't respond to girls like you used to used to back in the day because first of all we didn't even have social media like that you know anybody just couldn't get up on you you can have just strangers you know getting in contact with you that easy right so um nowadays you know i'm real careful about the people that i you know actually communicate with and i try to be you know like i said i'm regular jeff so i don't look at myself as really being nobody special so therefore i do um respond back you know, the certain inboxes and certain messages and stuff like that and certain comments, I'll, re- I'll respond. But when it started getting, um, I guess, a little sexual, a little, a, a little you know, crazy, <laughs> yeah. I, it scares me, bro, because I don't yeah. know their intention. You right, know what I'm right. saying? I don't know if you finna screenshot this conversation and put it out there to the rest of the world to see. I don't know what you're really doing. So That's I'm right. kind of very, I'm, I'm very careful about how, you know, I communicate now, bro. You know, because like back then it was just, Direct, you know, a girl like you, hey, I'm in this hotel room, meet me here, and she gonna meet you there, and you do you, you do what you're gonna do, and it's a wrap. You know, now, motherfuckers taking pictures, motherfuckers recording yeah, shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad, I'm kind of glad I wasn't, <laughs> you know, who I was in this day and age. Hell yeah. That's crazy. Will you tell us some of the major league stars that you grew up playing with? Like, that I would say people, like people I play with that's probably popular or something like that? Yeah, yeah. League? Um, obviously, well, I want to say obviously, but I play with, uh, I play against, I want to say with, whether, uh, okay, I'm going to name who I play either with or against. I played okay. against Derek Jeter. Okay. I played against Chipper Jones. All right. I played against Manny Ramirez. I oh, played, I forgot about Manny, yeah. Yeah, I played against a guy named Cliff Floyd. Um, these are the guys that was in, they, they became superstars, uh, Vladimir Guerrero, you know, but then I played with guys that. When I first got in the league, they were my heroes, you know, the guys okay. I looked up to, which was, um, you know, uh, Ozzie Smith, Barry Bonds, uh, Eric Davis, Cecil Field. Oh, shit. Okay, I remember Eric Davis. Yeah. He he played for Cincinnati. Absolutely. But he also, uh, yeah, 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 Cincinnati. Yeah, I had yeah, his yeah. card and shit. Yeah, yeah Eric was the, yeah. the man. Actually, they used to compare me to him in high school That's because when um, you're going through the draft, they always look for somebody – they can like compare you to uh-huh. draw some type of um you know draw draw a comparison uh-huh. you know or whatever you know what I'm saying so yeah for me it was Eric Davis they, that's what's it up. was like I'm gonna be the next Eric De- Davis or it was a guy named Devon White you know so I used to get compared to De- uh, Eric Davis Devon White damn I kind of talking about like yeah who uh, was the, I played against yeah 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 so yeah I, you know I got a chance to play against some of my heroes bro you know and Dope. but but I came but the guys I came up with the that, that turned out the went on to be superstars, like I said, with Chipper Jones, Derek Jeter, uh, Manny Ramirez, a few other guys, man. Like I said, it's been so long, um, but those are the guys that vividly stick out in my mind right now. Back in the day, we used to go to the Reds games when they played the Braves. <clears throat> my stepdad would give tickets to work, 
And that was back Chipper Jones days, yeah. David Justice and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, Justice and all them. Yeah, man, that was yeah. a hell of a squad too. Yeah. So they just won it again, you said, right? Yep. Yeah. Because they won it with 95. Yeah. Like yeah, 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 yeah. They had a dominant team back in the day. <laughs> their pitching staff was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, those are the good old days, man. Good old days, brother. Yes, yeah. sir. The baseball shit, man. <laughs> you know what, bro? I'm, I'm going to have to like find – you know, I, I did find it because when I was – Putting pictures in my picture frame, I found one of my little baseball pictures. I'm gonna have to like mm-hmm. get it and like put it up, you know what I'm saying, so the people can see. I do have yeah. some little baseball ties, yeah. Oh, that's dope. It's like Speak- like seven years old machine pitch. I'm holding that motherfucking shit, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, it, it's funny, you know. <laughs> I never had one, you know, have when they had like the little league baseball cards back in the day. You know, oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't have one, man. I, luckily, I got a real one though. Hell yeah, so I didn't have a little league one. I, I, I waited. Yeah, <laughs> real Get shit. Get the real one, bro. Oh, so, so, all right. So, what was that like? Seeing your first baseball card, or them even telling you, "All right, yo, we finna yeah. get you, get you your card." Like, did you get to pick pick your picture? Nah. Or they just like, "This is your shit. Take it or leave it." All right, check this out, man. My first baseball card was a uh, my tops. 1990 um, rookie card, and I got my high school jersey on, right? And I didn't even know that was going to be a baseball card. When I initially took the pictures, it was for the uh, Gatorade um, National Player of the Year. Okay. So what happened was I'm sitting in class one day. I didn't even get the motherfucking heads up, fam. I mean, this is how crazy shit was. I'm sitting in class like normal, right? Like doing my work. All of a sudden, uh, somebody comes to the uh, to my classroom and say, "Hey, you know, uh, we need Jeff." You know, so I'm thinking like, "Damn, what the fuck they need me for?" I'm like, <laughs> what I do? Did right. I get in trouble? So they took me out of class and end up escorting me to the um, to the gymnasium, right? And I get in the gym. It's a whole fucking photo shoot set up, like lights, oh. cameras, everything. I'm like, "What the fuck is all this for?" Yeah. And they was like, "Congratulate." Well, they had. I already knew I was the. Um, the number one player, but I didn't know they came with a photo shoot and all this type yeah. of crazy shit and a big announcement. So when I showed up, I'm like, what the fuck? They, they, they immediately, oh, we want you right here. Here, take it, um, put your jersey on. I'm like, damn, okay. So when I took the picture initially, it was for the uh, Gatorade National Player of the Year. But then I guess um, they took one of the photos and used it, and that was like literally my first baseball card. And I think it's like the most popular, actually the one that you got. Remember the one that yeah. you had me sign? That's your high school jersey you got that's, on? That's my high school. It was blue and gold. Yeah, you can't really tell around, you know, because they cut oh. it down. But they, it's more of a headshot. But if, oh, you, look at, if okay. you look at it close around the collar, it's a blue and gold collar, which is my high school, Simeon. You know, I'm Simeon. So is that a high school card or is that like your rookie card that's, like with that's, the Phillies? No, 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 no. That's my Phillies rookie card. Yeah, Man, they, they, they could have used the shit. With re- oh, they well, they, they did originally. I mean, eventually I ended up getting like a few more cards, but that was just like the first one that like I got. And it's like, damn, it surprised me because like I said, I didn't necessarily know I was going to take a baseball card uh, uh, picture. I just went for the national Gatorade player of the year shit. And then they, you know, they did what they did and guess bought the rights from Gatorade. I don't know, bro, but that ended up being my first car. But then I had many more to come after that though. Something that intimidates me a little bit. And I feel like I'll probably injure myself at sliding. I know some Mm -hmm. people slide in, you know, like on the chest and then some people slide with the ass. I feel like (laughs) I would like, like bruise a tailbone and shit. (laughs) I was like, yo, because the, these motherfuckers will slide on their ass and then pop up. I'm like, damn. Yeah, now you do get hurt sliding. That's a that's a real um, that's a real thing. That's a yeah. real issue to be worried about. I mean, I've told my ass up literally uh, hundreds of times throughout the course of my career, starting in little league, man. When you slide, they, you get what they call strawberries. 
And it's uh-huh. really like a rash on the side of your butt where you scrape all the skin off. So, man, bro, I done been through that shit so much that, um, you know, it, it became a, a normal thing. But I'm sure, like, the fields are, are more manicured in yeah. the professional level versus, yeah. you know, school. Because I'd be like, man, I'd be feeling like rocks or some shit would be right. all up in there. And, yeah, it get fucked up. Yeah, now that, that makes a good point. Because, like I said, I had most of these injuries during the Little League of High School. But like yeah. you said, when I got the pro ball, you really didn't. You know, you, I didn't really sustain those type of energies, energies, injuries because, um, you know, the, because of the, how they kept the field was more well kept and more manicured. You're absolutely right. So something I think I've heard, but I'm not exactly sure what the rule. So let's say you're trying to slide and all that, you go into home, mm-hmm. and you crash. So you're able to crash into the the catcher, right? And like let's say like you boom y'all collide and if they drop that ball you safe, you're safe correct bro. Yeah, okay yeah, yeah. I, and but as seen... long as they hold on to it yeah so because usually with baseball if you get tagged mm-hmm. you out but if you know what I'm saying of course if y'all collide he's gonna tag you and bang, if, you, if you knock you down right. if he drops that shit then you be good well some we we actually you know like I said I'm speaking from an 80s 90s reference I don't know what they do now but we were taught to do that back in the day. You actually to had, run into his yeah, ass? Yeah, you actually had drills and practice on. Oh, know. damn. <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, I guess that does make sense because he got on all that equipment, so you right. got to know exactly where you need to, to hit him at. Right, and not only that, it was just that's what they taught to do, hit him and try to knock the ball loose, you know what I'm saying? So I've seen people go to the hospital behind that play. I've seen people get – I've seen catchers literally get knocked the fuck out. I bet. You know, with a bang-bang play to where, man, you would – you know, where I thought, like, damn, his career over with, bro. He just got hit, and he didn't see the shit coming his neck the way, you know, the way his neck jerked, and you know, you seen people. I, I've seen people literally knocked unconscious. I bet. Yeah, it's, it's fucking tough, man. And you said try to knock the ball out. So, mm-hmm. if I'm crashing into a cat, I can try to hit the ball out of his hand and shit. Well, yeah. Or, or mainly just just the 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 force of hitting him, yeah. trying to knock him off balance and that, well, that type shit. Yeah, the force of try, like hitting him like a football player, but trying to like, but aiming towards the glove. If that makes oh, okay, sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. So it's like a. Football hit, but kind of like trying to jar the ball ball loose at the same time. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's something too, man. Come through and boom, try to get you. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I said, I've seen some people take some hits over the years, man. Fortunately, I never been in. Um, you know, fortunately, I was fast, so I didn't really have too many bang bang plays plays at you know at the plate or at any base other than maybe second when I'm still in a base. But you know, luckily for me, I was quick enough to where I wouldn't have those situations to where we'd be bang, bang. It was pretty much, I was no contest. I scored, you know. Did you get hit by a ball? <laughs> a pitch? Yeah. Oh, of course. Where? where? Um, All over, bro. I mean, I, here's the thing. I'm glad you brought that up because the one pitch that I got hit with to change the course of my career was I got hit with a fastball, I want to say about 95, 96 miles per hour on mm. my elbow. Ooh, I could have shattered that shit. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, well, the thing is, it, it 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 swole up immediately, and I ended up losing my starting position because I wasn't able to play for maybe a week or two, and um, they ended up bringing this other kid in off the bench, and he got hot, you know, he got hot, and they call it um, they call it punching Judy. What punching Judy is, you actually hot and you getting hits, but you not really hitting the shit out the ball. You kind of like getting little dribblers and okay. little ball, you know, just luck where the ball is just barely scooting by a person glove but just dropping in. So he got hot like that, you know, some punch and Judy shit. And once I was able to get back in a lineup, you know, once my elbow healed, they wouldn't put me back in a the lineup. They, they thought this guy was, you know, really doing his thing. And so when they did put me back in a the lineup, goes back to what I said earlier, I played with my heart on my sleeve. 
I started to rebel. You know, I started um, just swinging for the fences and, you know, treating um, batting practice like it was a home run derby. Didn't work on nothing particularly because in batting practice, you're supposed to use that time to work on certain things like hitting to the opposite field, uh, hitting the ball on the ground, trying to keep the ball out the air. Um, you know, you bunts. So you're working on certain things when you're in band practice. You're not just up there just swinging for the hell of it. So once, um, th- well, once they, you know, I guess once I lost my starting position, they wouldn't put me back in the uh, in the starting position. They kept this kid out there. Then I started to uh, rebel by, you know, just being in batting practice, just fucking launching the ball every fucking pitch, not really working on nothing. And eventually, that got me released. But that's okay. You know. And you don't have like no mentor or someone be like, hey man, like you need to get it together. Like if you keep doing the shit, you're gonna right. be up out of here. Nah, that's the fucked up part, bro. I you know, whenever I wild out, you know, it was like people were scared to tell me or to put me back in my place and let me know I was fucking up. You know, I wish I had somebody that had the balls to do that, but I really didn't, man. You know, whenever I wild out, that people just got quiet and let me do whatever I was gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to some older player or somebody pulling me to the side or maybe a black coach. You know, saying, hey, young brother, you know. But, man, I'm going to just keep it a bean with you. These black coaches be sellouts, too, because they don't worry about <laughs> Nah, I'm for real, fam. Because yeah. they just worried about their fucking job. You I know, understand you. what I'm saying? They don't take into consideration that this young brother probably needs some guidance and help and let me put my situation or my, I don't want to say put my job on the line, but at least let me take some time out, you know, and, and, and help this brother, man, because right now, He's lost because you got to understand these coaches, they've been around these organizations for years. And when mm-hmm. you got somebody coming to an organization for the first time, they don't know. They're not familiar. So sometimes you probably need somebody to pull you to the side and say, hey, little brother, hey, check it out. Let me show you something. Let me show you the ropes. I ain't never had that. Right. You know, I just came in and did my thing and people just sat back and whether I was crashing or not, they didn't, I, nobody threw out a fucking lifeline. Damn. Yeah. I feel like people, people need that in life, but the team should have catered more, especially like being so young. Mm-hmm. And then if they seeing like, all right, why the fuck is he hitting? Like this going on? Like, right. you know, it's like, okay, you're playing for us. We want to win. Like, what can we do to help? You know what I'm saying? But here's the crazy part, man. And this is what happens. And this is what they got to take in consideration is that it's like a cookie cutter system, right? What I mean by cookie cutter system they have a certain way of doing things, and that's how they're doing, period. They don't take in consideration that everybody's different. It's either you get with this program or you're not going to fucking be a part of the program. And so what happens is when they draft these kids at 17 or 18, they immediately start treating them like they're grown-ass men. You know, right. some of these guys just leave at home for the first time. They ain't even been to college. Yeah, but you're yeah. going to give them the same responsibility that you're going to give a 25-year-old or a 22, 23, whatever. And that's the and that's the case. I think they need to like have something in place for the younger athletes, man, to help them transition. Because they just throw you out there and be like, "Hey, man, sink or swim." You a grown ass man, and yet I'm 17. I just turned 17, but I'm a grown ass man with right. all this pressure on me. You know. So I think the league need to do better at just um just having some type of liaison to make right. the transition for at least the high school players. Fuck the college players because their transition was college. They they they've been away from home for a few years. They know what it's like to live on their own. You know they know what it's like to, you know, probably play with uh, uh, different races because now you're in college now. But in high school, fam, you literally just leaving your mama house. You live with your mama. Hell I still yeah. live with my mama in off season. So no matter how big I was out in them streets, I still had to go home to mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm because I'm a kid. Right. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. 
Man, man, this is a good episode, man. I like yeah. this one. It's getting like getting better and better. Right. Like I listened to the other ones, and then you was like, "Oh man, I like the last one and shit." So, yeah. Yeah. What you want to leave the people with before we get out of here? I've, I, man, something I feel like we talking to people, but I'm sure there's athletes that's listen. Right. Like, give something to like these athletes out there, because you know what I'm saying. We mm-hmm. never know who is currently playing right. and who did play. Like, what's something that you can like? Give to the athletes, just athletes in general. Don't even yeah. have to be baseball, just athlete to athlete. Talk, right. talk, talk to them. Like, fuck us. Like, talk yeah. to them real quick. Like, let, let them know some message, you know, from like from mm. your life experience and your mistake. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. It's not really that hard. It's really uh, one simple thing that's not usually explained to athletes throughout the, throughout the process of their career. And I would just say this. Learn the politics. Be aware that That's there good. are politics in this game. So when you're not getting the looks that you think you should get or this person moving ahead of you or, you know, you don't really understand what's going on, the moves being made, that's politics. And the sooner that you learn that politics are, I guess, um, involved in certain decisions, then if you can figure that out, then you can better position yourself, if that makes sense. Just to keep it simple, because there's so many directions I can go in that I could probably, you know, just be talking for days, bro. But if I just want to, the message I really want to get through to these athletes, politics, politics, politics. Learn the game, you know, on every level, because it's a different set. The rules change. Like I said, when you got the pro ball, it was all about ass kissing, because now you're at the, I don't want to say you're at the pinnacle, because the pinnacle is the major leagues, but you're one step close from that pinnacle when you're in minor leagues, right? So that I'm saying that to say that at that level, everybody can play. So it's not about who plays the best, you know, because like I said, I was a 5'2 athlete, and I seen dudes get to the major leagues with three tools, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, they know how to politic. They laughed at that joke on time. They brung that motherfucking coach some extra uh, bubble, bubble, what they call it, a bubble chew or some shit. Oh, Is yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was talking about with that, like, that pouch and shit. Yeah, the yeah, pe- yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they didn't brought the coach or the manager three boxes of those or some yeah. shit, just some little bullshit. You know, they laughed at the joke. So it's like, at that level, it's all about likability. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. See, I had an attitude. I walked around with this fucking attitude because I knew I can ball. I didn't think I had to kiss no ass. But had I kissed a little bit of ass, my career would have been totally different. Right. It would have been totally different. So to sum it all up, you know, I think the guys just need to be aware that this politics being uh, played on a lot of decisions that they're probably not aware about. And like I said, the sooner you learn that political game, man, the better off you would be. That's good and that's true. That's I think, up. man, like on the episode, have like a certain part where you just give some game to the athletes and shit. Right. To like let them know like what to expect and yeah. all that shit, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you like lived it and went through it and all that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, man. Yeah. I think that's a good idea, man. Because like I said, um, if I had somebody in my ear, my career would have been totally different. And here's the thing too about this podcast, you know, like I, I hate to say, I hate to keep going back to the other episodes, but on one of the episodes, um, and we probably, you know, what I don't know if we actually did touch on this, you know, why I think we did, we did touch on it. Why I don't coach and stuff like that, right? You know, uh-huh. a lot of people think I'm crazy for not coaching, and that's fine, right? But with this podcast, I feel like this is me coaching, you know, because I can get through to way more people than I could 
with coaching because right. you got to think about it. if I'm coaching a, a team or working with certain players, I'm only working with those certain individuals, whether it be 10 of them, 20, 30. I'm only working with those 30, 10, you know, those people that are some, yeah, that's, yeah. that's in front of me, that I have in front of me physically. But on this podcast, bro, I can say the same shit that I would say to them, but now I can say it to the masses, right? So this is me coaching right here. So I do right. take a part of this podcast and um, I use this as me giving out advice and just pretty much advice that, you know, that's not really being talked about or discussed in the mainstream or even behind closed doors for these kids to actually understand. So with my podcast, you know, we're going to talk about um, my career. We're going to talk about, you know, shit that's going on and, you know, the current uh, media and stuff like that. But also I want people to take away some information as well. I want to take away some game. You know, I'm, we just not on here just bumping our guns. I'm not on here just complaining and crying about my career because it's not that at all. Because really I could just be quiet and be happy. But I feel, I feel like if I share my story, it possibly can help somebody else. You know, I already got the book out, bro. You know, and a lot of stuff I'm saying on here, they can just go find in my book. But with that said, you know, it's better to hear from the horse's mouth. Because, you know, even though you're reading the book, it can still be taken out of context. Right. So when they hear it from me, you know, now it, it can't be taken out of context. You understand what I'm saying? And like I say, my goal is to, you know, educate and help these up-and-coming athletes, man, so they don't make the same mistakes I made. So that's what this podcast is about. Hell yeah. And where can they find the book? Oh, yeah. You can find the book at thejeffjacksonstory.com. You know, three versions. Uh, paperback, autograph, regular paperback. You got the ebook. Got merch over there, first round, sports apparel, hats, T-shirts, uh, sweatshirts, and all that type of stuff. And also, um, be sure, if you know, you're on Instagram, if you want to check me out. I'm also at the Jeff Jackson Story at, uh, on Instagram. And what about you, Q? What you got, bro? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at GCUE502. You can also hear me on the Fresh Podcast. That's Fresh with three H's on all major platforms. So, yeah, this is a, another good episode. <clears throat> Loving yes, the energy, the people. You know, we're getting better day by day. Yes, sir. I'm excited for the first guest and then the many guests that we have to come along just to hear their stories and just their views just on baseball and all that. Nah. And, and that's coming from just a spectator's point of view. Because I'm not even going to say I'm a baseball fan because I be capping. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Right. I never, like, was. Like, I've, I've been to, shit, one Dodger game since I, you know, lived in L.A. in 11 years. So right. I don't sit and watch it. But, you know, I love to hear the stories, you know what I'm yeah. saying, from people. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's dope because, like I said, as, um, as fans, you know, y'all just get what, we present to y'all. Y'all don't really get the behind the scenes. So here, man, I'm willing to um, to let you guys in and get a peek of what's really going on behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. So um, yeah, man. With that said, I think uh, we're gonna wrap this episode up. You understand what I'm saying? And um, yeah, man. Let's get some uh, outro music, brother. You know, take us up out of here. All right, let's go. Yes, sir. Stick around, man. This this podcast is gonna get interesting. So. Thank you guys for coming out. Change your mindset. Change your life. That's right. Let's go.